So today we're kicking off our series, Relationship Goals, but we want to share a couple birthday stories with you, if that's okay. We're super stoked that it's our birthday, and so Jeremy's got a memory real quick that he wants to share this morning. That was a good setup. And so uh, what? in 2013, I asked last service, is it okay if I share a little bit? Is that all right? And uh, whether you're new with us today, uh, this month, this year, or you were with us three years ago, I, even beyond three years ago, right, interest socials, all that, people are like, where's your church going to be? I don't know, but it's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And uh, so can we give it up for our A-team, whether it's this month, 2019, 2018, 2017, come on, make some noise for our A-team. Come on, back row. Let's hear it from the back row. Yeah, no. And, uh, but man, I'm just thrilled what God has done because it's not, it's, it's, it's what God's done through us right. as a church. And uh, I was just reminiscing this week and we're looking at pictures. We're looking at all the different things uh, just from the, the, really it's the faithfulness of God. And here's what I want you to see today is that as faithful as God has been on this journey, he can be, he's always faithful in your journey. In your journey. And uh, it was 2013, and my wife and I were part of a great church. We love uh, our pastors. We love ministry. We love our city, Las Vegas. And, um, and we were just individuals that said, man, we love our city. And uh, I just remember in 2013, it was just in my prayer time, my quiet time. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I just felt imprinted by God um, to start a church. And when I say imprint, sometimes maybe you're new to church and you're like, what, did God speak to you? Well, it's just, it's, it's on the inside. And I felt like it would be sin if we didn't start a church. That would be disobedient to God. And so I remember I was driving down the road later today. I was driving down the road and on the radio, and maybe you've heard the story in Growth Track, but on the radio, uh, they're talking about a thriving area called Southwest Las Vegas. Now, we live in the east side, so we're like, what's Southwest? What's that all about? What foreign country is that? And, uh, and they said there's a thriving area and they have a new park coming called Wet n Wild. Now, how many, where are the OG people at? Wet n Wild downtown, that closed down, right? And I want you to know as your pastor, I didn't get excited about a water park because I don't want to be anywhere with my shirt off, all right? Just being transparent, just being real. And so I heard Wet n Wild and I said to myself, that'd be a great place. I said it out loud in my car by myself. And I said, that'd be a great place for someone else to start a church. How I many know you're a church planner the moment you say that, right? That'd be a great place. And how I many know sometimes you have solutions for other people, like you should go to Growth Track, not me, you know? And I said, God, that'd be a great place for someone else to start a church. And all of a sudden, I just felt the presence of God hit my car. And by presence of God, I mean it was the goosebumps. I mean, it was like just, you knew it was God. I remember looking at the air conditioning. I just turned this on. It's 120 degrees outside. And I'm getting goosebumps. And I pulled over on the side of the road. And I begin to have like a man cry. You know what I'm talking about? Not like an ugly cry. It's just a man cry. Like, hoo, hoo. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> all right. Kind of have a man cry. And, uh, and, and I said, God, here I am. Send us. But God, here's what I want you to do. And, it's, and I didn't try to make a deal with God. But I say, God, this is what I believe is in alignment with your word. I need you to tell my wife. I don't want to just say, babe, we're starting a church. And you'd be like, what? We're doing this together in Jesus' name. Some of y'all had made some life changes with your family, and you made announcements instead of discussions. Let's yeah. be real. And so I didn't even bring it up. I said, God, will you tell my wife? So two and a half years later <laughs> after that, see, I, always, I knew we were going to lead a church, but I honestly thought we were going to take over a church. You know, Church needed some senior pastors. We're going to come in as a team. And there's already a building. Amen. Amen. There's yes. already people there. And, and so two and a half years later, we're driving to this leadership conference because we always want to grow. And I'm on my way to meet Jeremy there. I'm driving on Tropicana and 95 East Las Vegas Girl right here. 
And I'm heading to this conference, and all of a sudden I find myself saying things like this, Avenue, Avenue Church, an Avenue of Hope, Avenue of Hope to the Nations, Avenue Kids. Come and on. out loud I say, oh my stinking goodness, we're going to plant a church called Avenue. Like, that's the name of our church. What? And so I'm driving, and I don't pull over and man cry or girl cry. I just have to let this soak in because I am stunned. <laughs> and so I'm wrestling with God. No, no hurt feelings, babe. But I'm going to this conference. And I get in, and I just look stunned. Jeremy's like, you good? I'm like, I'm good. I'm not telling him nothing yet. Mm -hmm. And I ask God, okay, God, if we're supposed to start a church called Avenue, where? Mm -hmm. And I kid you not, I heard the voice of God. He goes, what more do you want from me? I told you wet and wild. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, wet and wild. Then I'm like, we're staying in Vegas. Because <laughs> if you grew up here, you know, you always dreamed of going elsewhere. But then God just burdened it in my heart that this That's is right. going to be your city. And not only that, at the end of the conference, I still hadn't even told my husband. And at the end of the conference, the speaker invited everyone up for prayer. So Jeremy and I go, and this is a leadership conference. This man does not know us. Mm -hmm. And like a, co a concert, people just like move up to the front, right? We got separated. I was over here. He was over there. And the speaker came up to me, and he tapped me on my shoulder. He said, are you with him? said, yes, I am. Now, hear me. This wasn't our home church. Mm -mm. The speaker was from Arizona. Right. He doesn't know us. I was like four people down the road, just kind of in my own worship. Right. He was worshiping, having his own moment with Jesus. And he goes, you come over here. And he looks at Jeremy and I, and he says, you have the, the heart of a son and of a daughter. Because you got to understand, I asked God, okay, we know the name of the church. We know where it's going to be. I asked him, when, God? Mm -hmm. When do you say go? Mm -hmm. So this man goes, you have the heart of a son and a daughter. He goes, you served the man of God's vision. Meaning, like, we've served our pastor. Yeah. We've served him well. And he said, but now is the time for you to step into a season of authority. Now is your time. I start bawling now, ugly crying. And Jeremy goes, what's going on? I go, we're going to plant a church, and it's going to be called Avenue. It's going to be by Wet and Wild, and it's now. Come on. <laughs> Just like that. So ugly. And yet I, he was so happy. I told her, stop crying, because that's when the prophet stops talking, right? You know? <laughs> It's just the coolest, coolest thing. And so we took a step of faith. Yeah. Um, once we felt like God gave us the green light, no, we, we, we did 21-day fast. We prayed, and we just knew. It was a burning bush experience for us. And so we sold our house. And when we sold our house, we had a real estate agent, and we told her. She was awesome. But we, she was like, where do you want to live in Vegas? And we said, by Wet n' Wild. That's all we knew. And she's like, really? Why? I was like, don't ask me. But Wet n' Wild. And uh, we, we purchased a home. We moved in uh, into the home before we even knew where our church was going to be. And in that journey in 2016, I went to 16 different schools. And schools, like, they broke up with me really well, all right? I said, can we have a life-giving church here called Avenue Church? And they broke up with me really well, meaning they were like, hey, we like you. You're great. Thank you for Starbucks. Our church, we bought Starbucks for the staff. We would bring in, you know, all kinds of different things. So we were completely transparent. But how many know a lot of places have been burned by different organizations? And so when we came in, they said, yeah, you, you know, we like you, but you can't be here. So after 16 schools, I went to start looking at commercial real estate and leasing and, uh, things. And we, I was looking everywhere until at the last minute. How many know God likes to do this, I think? Right. So, so he knows he's in charge. And five weeks before we set our launch date, right, we set it. It's concrete. And five weeks before launch, I drove by this, this property. And I pulled in. 
I just something said, you know what, Ingolstadt Campus is what it's called, Opportunity Village, Ingolstead Campus. I saw Ingolstead was actually a, uh, a rich guy that bought, that, that, that made a, uh, that paid for and built a hockey arena in my home state, North Dakota. So the name popped out to me. So I pulled in, went to the front desk, and I said, hey, do you have a room or closet or something that we could rent or borrow? Like, I'm desperate, you know, like a tent, you know. I have Voodoo Tent Revival. Come on, somebody. The church ain't a building, it's us, you know. And I remember walking into this uh, worship experience, and I got a picture of what this place looked like. I took my phone out took a picture because I knew, and I'm not weird like that, but I knew this is where Avenue Church was going to be. So put that picture up real quick. This is what this building looked like. This is what this room looked like. No stage, no curtain, no pipe and drape, uh, nothing. And that's because of your generosity. When you say yes to giving, we say yes to God. Yes. And so look at all that, right? Maybe we could paint it this year. I don't know, you know. And it was just such a faith journey. But I got to tell you that a life that follows Jesus wholeheartedly, it's exciting. Yeah. It's nerve-wracking, but it's exciting. It's amazing to be, to know that we are in the will of God. But that in these past three years, though, it didn't come without challenges, yeah. without pressure, and without temptation. I remember one morning we're in our brand new living room and we're having coffee together. And Jeremy looks at me. He goes, Lindsay, I can plant this church this is before we opened. He goes, but I cannot plant it with you. Not like this. Because the pressure was getting to me. So guess what, friends? Today we're talking about some relationship goals. And we're going to talk about some truths. So why don't you go ahead and check out this video. Check this out. <laughs> all right. I'm so glad we're finally able to come here. Mm -hmm. Me too. Are you all right? No, I'm not okay because this almost happened today. Yeah, but we, we're here, we did it, we're on a date. Yeah, okay. but at the last minute, you got a sitter. You waited to the very last moment to ask her if she could watch him. I, yeah, but you can ask her too, and she came, and we're here on a date. But I asked you, would you arrange it? You said you wanted to help more in planning dates like this, so I gave this to you, right. and at the last minute, it almost didn't even happen. Okay. Well, we're both busy. She came. We're on a date. Just enjoy it. Oh, did you get her cash so we could pay her? Cash? No, I, I forgot. But I asked you on the way home, would you stop at the ATM and get it for her? Yeah, but you can go to ATM too, babe. It doesn't matter, but I asked okay. you. You, well, you act like I ask you things all the time. It's every once in a while mm -hmm. I ask you to do something. There's purpose in it, babe. We'll, we'll get it on the way home. But then it cuts into our time. She's only available for a certain amount of time. Okay, I'm sorry, Lindsay, but let's not waste our time now arguing. Let's enjoy our date, okay? Fair, fair. They got a burger here called Fun Guy. It's perfect for you. Uh, you should go on a date with that burger. Yeah, maybe that guy will get a sitter. Let's, let's start over. And you know what? Let's take a selfie. Come on. Seriously, right yeah, that's now? That's right. Yeah, we're cute. Come on. Yeah, because people care what we're doing. All right, oh, they sure do. Ready? Cheese. Aw, oh, my pastors. They're so cute. Hashtag relationship goals. How many though? One of us wasn't acting in that video. <laughs> I was terrified. I heard some wives chuckle. You feel my pain. I had therapy after that. <laughs> but we are in the middle of a series. We're going to kick off called Relationship Goals. Because no matter what God has called you to do, we do it with others. And through all the challenges, through the pressures, we have to find ourselves. You know what? You know, I want to sit back and enjoy the ride. But there's also some friction that begins to happen. 
And so I can't think of a better way. And this is what I love about our church. We're celebrating three years, but it's still about people knowing God. So you can find freedom. So we can discover our purpose. So we can make an eternal difference. I really believe many of us in this room, we don't sit back one day and wish for a bad relationship. I don't, like, we don't sit back and go, I really hope I have a terrible marriage. Or I really hope I date somebody who's just unpleasant. Or maybe I'll, someday I'll have a divorce. I can't wait for that to happen. Or maybe someday that I'll find myself uh, all alone. But I want you to know that's never the goal, but oftentimes we find ourselves there. And that's what I want to talk about today, that as we pursue the things of God, how do we stay whole? Right, because social media is filled with perfect pictures, isn't it? We can follow celebrities. We feel close to celebrities like we're really in their lives. And we see these amazing pictures of our friends and their marriages or their kids. We don't know what happens behind that perfect picture. Mm -hmm. And so when we were posting pictures about Avenue and the team was growing and the launch was happening, people didn't know what was happening on the inside of Lindsay. And I'll never forget when he said, I can plant this church, but I can't plant it with you. And he wasn't being mean, you guys. He was being brutally honest that the way that I was acting, the pressure was coming on me. And come on, pressure reveals what's on the inside of us, doesn't it? And what was on the inside right. of me was a whole lot of fear. And when I get fearful, my natural tendency is to be controlling. Mm -hmm. So I try to put my hands into as much as I can put my hands on to control it. But really underneath that control issue is really a trust issue. Mm -hmm. I had a faith issue. Was I trusting God? Was I trusting my husband that we were in this together? And there's a, there's a scripture that I want to share with you real quick out of James chapter 1. It says, consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Because come on, they come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced out into the open. And it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. And don't we do that because we don't like being uncomfortable. So we try to get ourselves out of a situation and not feel the pressure of a situation. But guess what? We had sold our home. We had moved our family across town. We had committed. We got people on the team. I could not get out prematurely of this situation. And it says, let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. You know what that means? God doesn't want us to be deficient. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to have healthy relationships. And the problem was is that the pressure of what was going on showed that I had deficiencies in me. And those deficiencies were affecting my relationships. And so God created us to be whole with him. And so if we want any healthy relationships, if we want a healthy marriage, if we want a healthy dating relationship, I want to be healthy in my life, that all starts with our identity. Because our identity is our self-worth. And too often we become intimate before we discover our identity. Identity has to take place first before intimacy takes place, takes place first. And so here's what we want to do today. We want to talk about a relationship goal as quick as we can. Then we're going to celebrate. We're going to eat cake pops. Come on, somebody. Uh, banana pops. We're going to enjoy our day today. Take photos and all that. But I want you to write this down today. Here's a relationship goal of being whole. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. It's the truth about completion. That's what we want to talk about today. That you complete me. Come on, somebody. How many know that movie clip right there? But how many know only God can complete us? But we cannot, be, we cannot become healthy until we are made whole. We cannot be healthy until we are made whole. And people all across, I see it in uh, social media. I see it in the news. I see it in entertainment. I see it in, in, in our relationships that many of us, we're on a quest. We're on a journey for completeness. 
I want to be whole. But what we can tell you is that bad relationships, and, and here's what I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at in your relationship, whether you're single, dating, engaged, or married, widows, any, no, no matter where you're at, I want to encourage you to come back every single Sunday uh, during this Relationship Goal series. Because we've seen marriages healed. We've seen individuals change and transform. But how many believe that a bad relationship can become good? Or a good relationship can become great? Amen? Or a phenomenal relationship, like you should be on this stage teaching people, can also become mentors to younger relationships. And so I want to encourage you today that there is two lies that we see all across our, our culture, our society, and we want to address real quick today. Number one is the first lie is, I need this person to complete me. I need this person to complete me. That we've seen, I mean, over 17 years of ministry, we've seen uh, individuals buy into the myth that somebody else will complete me. We've seen people, I mean, take dramatic measures, you know, and I understand being in love. Come on, somebody. I'm in love still. But I understand uh, being in love, but we've seen people quit their jobs for somebody. We've seen individuals move across the country. I've seen individuals change their appearance, begin to, you know what, that's what I now enjoy. I went brunette for a boy when I was 19. I look horrible as a brunette, <laughs> but I did Babe, you look beautiful any color. <laughs> you get nothing for that. That's on stage. <laughs> but here's the thing. No matter if you take your time or you rush into a relationship, let's say you're married, it's five years down the road or ten years down the road, what's going to begin to take place is the moment you realize they can't complete you because there's no one on this earth that can complete you except Jesus Christ. But here's the problem. Here's what's going to take place. I've seen this 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road. I've seen this when kids move out. I've seen this in year one of marriage. That the moment you realize they can't complete you, you begin to resent that person. You begin to hate that person for not filling a void they were never meant to fill. They never meant to fill. People who believe another person will complete them by meeting all their needs become human chameleons. And I've seen people uh, conform to that relationship. I now like this. You never liked that before, you know. Or this is who I am. Why? Because of that individual. And here's what the Bible says. I love what the Word of God says. The Bible says, do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can test and prove God's perfect will. When you know what conformity means looking like. Don't, don't conform to another person just so you're happy. Don't conform to someone who likes you or because they're cute. Come on, hashtag cute, right? Relationship goals. But I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because you're not a chameleon. You're, not, you're an original. You're God's masterpiece. Happiness only comes by knowing who you are and your identity in Christ. So that's lie number one. Lie number two is if this person needs me, then I'll be complete. So I need somebody to need me. In order to be complete, I feel whole when a person needs me. This relationship lie is just as lethal as what Jeremy talked about. Sure. But hear me, this one can be cruel. Because this one is more concerned with how you make me feel. Mm -hmm. How I feel when I'm with you. It's not concerned. Yep. And when the Bible tells us that love is patient and kind, mm -hmm. um, that it cares about the other person, it's not self-serving. Mm -hmm. This lie is self-serving that if this person needs me, I'll be complete. Yep. This type of person wants a relationship with someone, anybody, who will build up their weak ego. Yeah. That you're going to make me feel good about me. Mm -hmm. And what they feel about that person that they're dating, it really doesn't matter as much as they feel about themselves good. when they're with that person. Mm -hmm. And so if your goal is to be needed, I need to be really honest with you. 
If your goal in a relationship with anybody is to be needed, whether you're a best friend, a, a close friend, a, 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 a dating relationship, you're not going to attract healthy people. No, it's good. If you are needing to be needed, guess what? People who are looking for mm -hmm. you to complete them, you're going to have two unhealthy people in an unhealthy relationship. And so God's plan for people was to complement one another. Mm -hmm. We were never meant to complete one another. That's Jesus' job. That's right. And you and I cannot measure up to him on performing jobs. And so you and I are to build one another up. We're to spur each other on, to encourage yeah. each other, to, to fight for one another and, and be there in each other's corner. But he does not complete me. I don't complete Jeremy. I like you. I love you. Yeah. But you don't complete me. And so we want to share with you guys, because you're like, well, great. Thank you for telling me I'm not whole, Lindsay. What in the world do I do now? So if anything of these things are triggering something, it might say, I may have a relationship issue. If I'm being needy or if I feel the need for someone else to need me, these are red flags in my life. What do I do about them? Well, in just a few moments, we just want to share with you four practical steps. These are practices that people who are pursuing wholeness, mm -hmm. this is what they're doing. So we want to share it with you guys. Number one is heal your hurts. Yeah. I don't want just the ladies writing this down. I need the men to write this down. Come on. Heal your hurts. Mm -hmm. See, at Avenue, we knew that we were going to exist from day one so that people can know God, yeah. find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference with their life, that their life matters and it impacts other people, right? Mm -hmm. Well, 87% of Christians only know God. They never find freedom. Mm -hmm. So that means that 87% of people who say, I am saved, like yeah. Jesus lives in my heart, I believe in him, I believe God rose him from yeah. the dead, like I, I, he's my savior. 87% of those people are saying, I still have hangups, I still have habits, I still have these issues that have control over my life or way too much influence. So that is a really sad reality that if 13, only 13% 13 of people are walking around in, in true freedom, knowing who they are, knowing their self-worth and identity. Yeah. And so Jeremy and I, were like, this is our personal mandate, man. We are coming against that. And we're going to say, no, more people Come in on. our realm are going to know that they can find freedom in Christ Jesus. But it starts with looking at some things, you guys. Yeah. It starts with asking some of these tough questions, uncomfortable mm -hmm. questions. Because what happens is we know God and we feel good about that, right? And I come to church and, ooh, you know God too and you feel good about it. Well, let's feel good together. And we meet these people and we get into relationships and friendships <laughs> and groups. But the problem yeah. is we're still broken people. Yeah. We're just broken people that now have a Savior. But what if we could be whole? Yeah. What if we could be healthy? And so these are yeah. three things that we do to heal your hurts. Number one, you got to look back. Yeah. You got to look back, reflect on your personal history. Yeah. Now hear me, this is an easy day and age where it's, you don't have to take time to think because we have so many distractions. That's good. You can, don't have to listen to church, I can be on my phone. Or I don't have to work a full, a full eight hours a yeah. day because I could be on Facebook at my computer and no one will even know I'm on Facebook, right? There are so many distractions. <laughs> Bible app. Bible Sorry. app, it's a Bible app. But you need to reflect on your personal history, take time and ask yourself mm -hmm. these questions. Is there ever a memory of me feeling abandoned or neglected? Mm -hmm. See, even if it's a small issue, like, oh my God, my dad didn't pick me up mm -hmm. for my soccer tournament. Mm -hmm. That could be a big deal. Yeah. So don't shrug things off. Are there people from your past or present that you blame for not being there for you? Who are they yeah. and what do you blame them for? Mm -hmm. Now hear me, I'm not asking you just to open up a can of worms for no reason. Mm -hmm. What I'm asking you is if you look back, you're gonna see some things in which you've been holding on to. You have relationship pains. And if we don't look back and start handling some of these things, 
We just carry these relationship pains into our current relationships. And you're going to suffer. And the person who's in relationship with you, whether marriage or dating or or, or friendship, Mm -hmm. they're going to suffer too. And so look back. Look at now. Look now. And as you review these painful moments Mm -hmm. from your past, do you see ways in which they're still present? Are they determining some of your choices? Not just influencing. Some of us, our pains are determining what we are doing right now in relationships. And then we look forward. Are you able to forgive whoever hurt you or caused that relationship pain in the past? Mm -hmm. Are you able to release any resentment associated to the things that you're holding on to? What might, is there something that you can do to handle unfinished business? Maybe we're in this room and we hurt somebody and we know that we hurt somebody. And because we haven't ever dealt with that, we've never acknowledged it, we haven't given a sincere apology Maybe that's affecting our current relationships right now that I can't move forward because you got a barrier. Does that make sense, guys? No. We got to look forward. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you might have to get with a close friend and do some, some inventory on your life. Not someone who's going to tell you what you want to hear, yeah. but have a friend who's going to tell you what you need to hear. Mm-hmm. Maybe it needs to be a pastor. Maybe it needs to be a counselor. We are pro-counselor. We love that there are men and women who are professional mm-hmm. in helping us dig through some of these Amen. things in our lives. So we are all about that. And the purpose behind the process is to protect you from repeating painful, painful things. Yeah. Repeating these painful things from your past. So if you don't deal with it, you're going to take it into your future relationships. And we've seen, you know, I want you to know, kind of a blanket statement I'm going to make right now, that dating somebody new is not going to fix you. That's right. Does that make That's sense? Right. Or getting married. I've got all these problems, but marriage is going to fix it all. How many know marriage doesn't fix, it magnifies. Yeah. And so we have to, before we become intimate in the confinements of marriage, I need to know who my identity is in Christ. So I'm going to look back. I'm going to look forward. I'm going to look at the present. But number two, I want you to write this down, is let's take off the mask. Let's take off the mask. Now, granted, we wear masks. Sometimes we have to wear masks. Sometimes you got to go to work and put your work mask on, and I'm here to work. And, and, and we have a home mask, you know, or a church mask, things like that. Now, I'm not a big mask guy, but here's what masks do. That masks often protect, but you know what? They also conceal. Now, I'm wearing a mask, so I'm protected. I don't want to, you know, I, I want to keep things on the surface. I don't want to go too deep. I always wondered, what happens if we, like, got our masks mixed up? Right? Like my, like my home mask and then my church mask. And maybe you're here today instead of saying, amen, pastor. You're like, be quiet, pastor. You know, like yell at me. Clean your room, pastor. My room is clean, you know. But we see it all the time. And I've experienced this in my life. You're driving to church. Your kid won't get ready. He doesn't like what he's wearing. You're stressed out. Got to get to church on time. You were late last week. Or, and you get to church and you're like, be quiet back there. I swear I'll turn this car around. That you was this morning in my car, right? just so you know. Yeah, yeah. Park the car, you're like, I, I promise you, you know, and you get out and you're like, praise the Lord, God is good, right? How are you? I'm fine, but I'm blessed. Come on, highly stressed, but I'm blessed. <laughs> See, we all wear masks, but can we take off the mask? Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the, uh, the clothing il- illustration, but maybe you got a new outfit, maybe you got an event to go to, it's your very first time, and and maybe it's a high school reunion or something at work, and you got an outfit on, you're stressing your outfit and uh, your hair, all that. Maybe it's a new dress, maybe a new suit, and you go a new shirt, you go to the place, and all you're thinking about is what do other people think about what I'm wearing? Well, I've done this a long time now where I believe with all my heart, they're not thinking about what you're wearing. They're, thinking, they're, too, they're concerned that you're thinking about what they're wearing. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's, everyone's thinking about themselves that no one's thinking about one another. 
And so can we take off the masks? Because you know what masks, you can be admired for a while. Wow, they're great. They look perfect on Instagram. Sometimes we, what is it, we compare, we compare our worst times to someone else's highlight reel, to their perfect picture, picture number 20 that they post. Well, can we take off the mask? Because you can be admired for a while, but you'll never be made whole. We want you to find healing from your hurts. So let's take off our masks and allow our hearts to be healed. That's why we have small groups. I'm so proud of our church. I'm so proud that we have 15 groups this spring semester. I'm proud of all those that are leading a group, hosting a group. And you got a map behind me. Look at, look at our city, all right? We're not just reaching the community. We're reaching our city. We got way up in Mount Charleston, I think. That's what that is, huh? We got east side. We got southwest. Uh, we have, we're all over our city. And I'm so proud of our church. And listen to me. Small groups is God's design. It's God's design. It's not just, let's grow our church. It's so that God can heal our hearts. Because here's what James says in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, confess your sins. Now, we read all over the Bible. If we confess our sins to God, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So God will always forgive us. Somebody needs to hear that today. God will always forgive you. He'll always forgive us. But James says, confess your sins to each other. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may made you so that you may so pray for each other so that you may be healed. God loves to use people so we can find freedom. God loves to use people so that we can be made whole. Just in November, um, I got invited to a women's retreat by our association. We're an ARC church, so we're a part of a church planning association, and we love planning churches. But this retreat, I was invited to, and it was going to be all um, female lead pastors. And so we went to this retreat, and you got to understand, I'm an introvert. I love teaching. I get excited. I'm passionate about teaching, but I'm just an introvert. <laughs> me, me too. No, he's not an introvert at all. He gives me some anxiety. And so, yeah, introverts. So for someone to be invited to a place to go hang out with 20 strangers for two days, that's a little bit intimidating to me. But see, I was in a place in November where I knew I needed other people who were going through what I was going through and in the same walk of life as me. Mm -hmm. See, this past fall, I was, I was just beaten up in my body. My body was going through something. I would have days and days when I was just bedridden. And doctors were working for me or were working with me and trying to figure out what it was. But I knew that that retreat was coming up in November. And just three weeks later, I would be having a surgery that would be looking for a diagnosis and even looking for cancer. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to this retreat because I need these women in my life. Mm -hmm. I'm not okay right now. And I remember being on that plane, and these women, I knew they were going to be beautiful. I knew they were going to be uh, churches that are older than me. And, man, these are, they're going to be on their best dress and best behavior. And I made the decision when I got off that plane, I'm not going to wear a mask. Good. I'm going to tell them, guess what? Mm -hmm. I'm hurting right now. Even physically being at this retreat is hurting my body. And I'm coming up against some stuff, and I'm scared. And I'm not okay right now. And I remember getting to that, that, that retreat, and we're all on a beach, and we're circled up, and the time came to me to say, hey, what's your name? Where are you from? What's, what's going on in your life? And I said it. I said, I'm Lindsay. And this is, I even said, one girl goes, can I hug you? I go, oh, I don't need a hug. I'm good. <laughs> I'm not that kind of emotional person. But I do want to tell you what I'm going through. And I'm telling you, over 20 women put their hands on me and prayed for me. Yeah. Over 20 women called down heaven and asked God, God, let her not have cancer. Find the, the source of her pain, God. Give her a diagnosis and help her walk this through. Can you imagine if I wouldn't have taken off the mask and if I would have gone there and just enjoyed some girl time? 
enjoyed the spa and enjoyed the conversations and never said that I had any real needs. Mm -hmm. But I made a decision that this was a safe place mm -hmm. and I needed it. And so you can find a safe place with people who genuinely care about you. Hear me, they didn't know me. They didn't know my backstory. They didn't even probably know my last name, but they were there in that moment and they deeply cared what was happening in that place. And they cared for me. I had texts the day of my surgery. I had follow-ups. I had so much peace, but I can't imagine what it would have been like if I wouldn't have taken off a mask. Mm -hmm. I want you to write this down. In order to find healing from your past, you have to take off the mask. In order to find healing from your past, you gotta take off the mask. Now, here's what I'm asking you. If you're new with us today, just so you know our environment, I'm asking ask you to take off your mask right now. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, dear God, 300 people. No, that's not what I'm asking. But that's why we have small groups. Small groups is the area, or it's a place where we connect. It's a place where we're going to have fun. There's somebody in this room, you've been asking God for community. I hate Vegas. There's no community here. There's community right there in that lobby where you can sign up for a small group. And I love, we have small groups all over our city, but also we have, we have this is probably the most, the semester we have the most, uh, uh, more options, you know, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and evening. Somebody in the lobby just before the service said, I'm so glad there's a small group on this time at this, you know, particular day, because that's my only day off. I'm going to that small group. And I love that church, but when we take off our mask, and hear me out, I've been to groups before where people on like, like on day one, they're like, what's your deepest, darkest secret? You're like, ah, my deepest, darkest secret is sharing my deepest, darkest secret. You know, like, like I'm terrified of that. And, uh, but I remember just doing life with individuals that I knew loved me, that I knew it was a group of guys or whatever it was in that group. And, when you, and here's why I realized that when we take off our mask, we're being vulnerable. We're saying, you know what, this is who I am, but this is what's really going on inside of me. And when we're vulnerable, every single time this has happened in my life, when we're vulnerable, it opens the door for others to take off their mask too. We say, hey, you know what? I've been dealing with this. Whether it's a habit, whether it's self-worth, uh, addiction, sin, whatever it is. You say, I've been dealing with this. People aren't going to go, oh, you should, we should kick this guy out of our group. You know what people often say? Me too. I thought I was the only one. And that's how we begin to find healing. And so I love that on our birthday, yay, three years, we're launching our spring semester small groups. Yeah. And I wanted, to, I wanted to even say as your pastor, as your pastor, you've got to be in a small group. You've got to do life with others. We've got Bible study groups. We've got fun groups. We've got free market style groups. But you've got to get into a group. I'm going to say it one more time. As we grow bigger, we're going to grow smaller through small groups. But groups isn't to grow our church. It's God's design to grow you as a person. All right, next practice real quick is you need to sit in the driver's seat. You might be like, I'm not old enough to drive. doesn't matter. You need to sit in the driver's seat. Wholeness, self-worth, your identity, that all comes with effort, friends. It comes with a plan. Yeah. I think sometimes we wish that God would just sprinkle some fairy dust on us. You know, we're in this worship experience and the music is going and mm -hmm. poof, I got wisdom and understanding and all this knowledge and I know exactly where I'm going in Don't. life. No, the Bible tells us that God has started a good work in you right. and he's gonna carry it out to completion. But guess what? Yeah. Your efforts need to match his efforts. Your efforts need to match his design. And so self-worth and wholeness is forged with our efforts. So sitting in the driver's seat means this, that you're gonna take some responsibility for your life. Mm -hmm. You're gonna make some plans because hear me, taking responsibility for your destiny, that's gonna determine the relationships that you allow in your life. If I have some plans on what I want my life to look like, yeah. these are plans that I'm determining by hearing from God. Yeah. I'm in my word. I'm asking him, God, what do you have for my life? Mm -hmm. And out of those conversations with God, I'm forging some plans. That's right. And those are going to help determine 
my relationship. See, when it comes to relationship, purpose has a big deal in it because too many of us are acting like beggars when we should be acting like choosers. That's good. We go into That's relationships good. like we're with a beggar mentality, like, oh, I'll just take what I can get. Just bring whatever you can because I'm a beggar. No, the Bible never said you're a beggar. God created you uniquely with purpose. He bought you at a price. And so we need to stop acting like beggars. And we need to start acting like we have a choice in the matter, friends. We didn't just fall into these relationships. They're decision-based. But what if our decisions were now linked with purpose? Wouldn't that make a world of difference? And so I remember at the age of 22, somebody asked me, Lindsay, I need you to write a purpose statement for your life. And I'm thinking, honey, I'm 22 years old. What do I know what's going on with my life? They go, I need you to write a purpose statement because that purpose statement is gonna help anchor you and it's gonna help guide your standards and your decisions. It's gonna give you a marker for your life. And all I knew at 22 was, okay, I'm called to the full-time ministry. I was single. I was single and I was in school and I just wrote, I'm called to the full-time ministry. Do you know how much it helped me to write a statement like that? It helped me to steer the, the, the options of dating. Mm-hmm. I had options. I'm sorry. <laughs> but she chose me. I chose you. But <laughs> what's your statement? And I would encourage you write something down. It doesn't have to be poetic or super, super deep unless you want it to be. But what is it now? And these statements change over time. My responsibilities and my scope for my life have changed now at 36 years old versus being 22 years old. And so that's what we do. To attain emotional maturity, each of us must learn this. You must learn to develop the ability to delay immediate gratification for long-term goals. We have to learn to delay what feels good now. I'm lonely, I'm empty, so I'm gonna go here because this is making my loneliness feel a little less and my emptiness is starting to go away. No, if those, we've got that purpose, it helps us to hit the pause button, hit the brakes, and say, I can't go this route because it messes with my long range goals. So how do we find, that's good. Can we clap for that one? That's awesome. Because it's huge. Because that's not conforming to that to allowing God to transform us so that we know what our purpose is. And so we want to heal the hurts. We want to take off the mask. We want to sit in the driver's seat. But the last one is we need to rely on God. Yeah. You know, we're in our third year as a church. It's got its ups and downs. It's got its tears. It's got its laughter. It's highs and its lows. But man, I've realized with all my heart, we've realized together to rely on God. Amen. Rely on God at every single area. When it comes to our marriage, when it comes to parenting, when it comes to leading, when it comes to every single thing in our life, that we have to rely on God. I'm so grateful for that God, I love the song we sang today, that there's not a battle God hasn't won or hasn't lost. Whatever it says, right? There's, he's, he's, he's won every battle. So let's just rely on him. And I believe with all my heart, there's many that are going to leave here today are taking notes. You're going to leave here today and you're going to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to process my, my past. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find freedom in my, in my uh, past so I can have, 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 you know, find, I'm saying it all wrong right now. I'm going to find freedom from my yesterday so I can move forward into my tomorrow. You're going to go in the process of signing up for a small group. And you're going to say, you know what, I'm, a, I'm an introvert too. I'm going to get into a group anyways. Uh, you know what, I'm going to take off the mask. I'm going to sit in the driver's seat. I'm going to write down a purpose statement. And we can do all those things, but it's all temporary without relying on God. I would even say to the introverts in the room, if you don't want to go a stranger into somebody else's house, you lead a group. 
you lead a group That's and good. you create an environment that you feel good in yeah. and that you know others would feel safe into. Mm -hmm. And then invite them into your space. Yeah. Invite your friends into yeah. your space. Maybe they won't come to church with you, yeah. but they'll be in a small group with yeah. you. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and hear me out. I'm an extrovert. I'll, I'll party all day. But it's still overwhelming to go to a brand new group. And so that's why at every piece of paper out there, we have a picture of the individual. We have their information. We want you to connect with them. But I just, I got to tell you, church, we got to rely on God. That this is the vision of our church. That's why we're going to be celebrating four years next year. And then maybe five years. And then 10 years. And 20 years. And 30 years. But the reason why we're able to is because we rely on God. This is God's church. And the vision of this church is for people to know God. As long as we're doing that, we still have a mission. We want people to find freedom so they can discover their purpose and make an eternal difference. That every single person has a unique God design, and we want to find what that design is so you can encounter your destiny that God has planned for your life. But I love 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. It says this, May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, put us together. May he make us holy and whole, spirit, soul, and body, to keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. One who called you is completely dependable. And somebody needs to hear that today. If you say, God's not dependable, let us be in your life to say, you know what? You can rely on God. But he's the only one that can put us together. My wife, I love her. She doesn't complete me. She compliments me. She helps me. But she didn't put me together. Jesus put us together. He makes us holy and completely whole. That we cannot have healthy marriages, we cannot have healthy relationships or friendships without being healthy first. It all comes from identity so we can be made whole again. And so will you stand with me, please, as I close out today? And I want to say thank you guys for being here. But here's your challenge. We always try to give a challenge out every week. The challenge is come back next week. Next week I'll be talking about marriage, singleness, boundaries, all that. But please come back next week. And I would even say, let me cast some vision for you right now. Because you might be saying, well, I'm not married or my marriage is okay. Or I'm not even looking, Pastor Lindsay. Guys, this is, this is so much bigger than just our relationships right now. When we're talking about relationship goals, you got to understand, the way my eight-year-old watches Jeremy and I, that's what he's going to be looking for when he goes to get married. That's right. The way that I talk to him, the way that I love him, the way that I treat him is the way that is going to be the standards in which Levi looks to. Yeah. And it's my job whether to make those standards good or to make those standards poor. But guys, we have such a heart for the city of Las Vegas, such a heart for the people of Avenue and outside these walls, that what if we started changing our relationships now? What if our relationships were more a reflection of heaven than a reflection of ourselves and our human nature? And then what if our kids got a hold of it? And what if our kids started raising up their standards? And instead of having teens having babies, come on, and instead of teens getting into broken relationships, Instead of people giving up themselves, hear me, we don't lose our virginity often, we give it away. Instead of losing our purity or instead of sacrificing Come it, on. man, what if people said I'm worthy? God's got a plan for me. And hear me, he is so good and he rewrites stories. When we're in this relationship goal, you will see that Lindsay Bosma is so different than Jeremy Bosma. I came from a very different story before I found Jesus and I am a story of physical redemption when it comes to relationships. But think beyond yourself. Think to generations that come through you from your line. Think that divorce could be shattered, 
brokenness can be shattered. Depression can be broken off. And our kids, I think of Levi's kids and the impact they're going to make. This series and the tools that we are getting now are bigger than you. Will you say it's bigger than me? Say it's bigger than me. Come on. What God is doing at Avenue Church, it's bigger than me. And what he wants to do in us and through us, it's just bigger. And what a joy to be able to be here with you today. And so we're going to be talking about sex, love, and marriage. If you've got little ones, we'll give you a heads up on that one. And uh, I'm excited. And so if you're with somebody today, whether you're dating, engaged, or married, uh, you know, if it's complicated, just stand there, all right? But go on, I want you to grab a hand of that person. I want to pray for every single person here today. And if you're single in this room today, I love you. And I love that God has an amazing plan for your life. That you're, You are an amazing individual. And so we're going to talk about marriages, singleness, divorce. We're going to talk about all during this series. But I want to pray for everybody that's in this room today. We bow our heads, close your eyes. Father, I thank you. I thank you for every relationship that's in this room. Father, I thank you for every individual that's in this room today. That God, I pray, help us to find healing from our past. Healing from our past hurts, God. The Father, I pray as we begin to know you, Father, we truly find freedom. The Father, I pray for every marriage in this place. Maybe it's on the rocks, or maybe you're about to divorce, or maybe you're separated. That God, I pray that God does a work that begins to restore, begin to redeem. The Father, I pray for every single individual that's here today. Father, I pray for those that perhaps lost somebody and they're a widow in this room. That God, I thank you that you're going to pour out blessings over their life. The Father, I thank you that someday they're going to see them again. The Father, I pray for the single individuals that are here today. The Father, whether they're looking for a relationship or they're content with who they are, that God, I pray you would continue to allow them to know who you are. Father, I pray for us as a church. God, I'm so grateful for year three. I'm so grateful for all that you've done in the goodness of Jesus Christ. But Father, I pray, begin to heal us. Help us to know you. I don't want to know church. I want to know you. So we can find freedom, so I can discover my purpose, and so I can make a difference for your praise and your glory. Maybe you're here today, and you say, I'm not complete. Yet, you know, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm not going to ask you at this moment to get into growth track step two today or join a small group or have a cake pop. I'm going to ask you today, will you take a step? Will you allow Jesus, will you take off the mask for just a second and to allow Jesus to come into your heart today, to say, Jesus, I need to be whole again. I've been looking to other things, the wrong things. I've been confused or distracted. But today, I need Jesus in my heart. And I would love the honor of just praying a prayer with you to help you to say, you know what, I'm going to take a step. Ask Jesus to forgive me my sins. But that when he comes into my heart, I'm going to go on a spiritual journey of knowing who I am in Christ, the one who puts me all together, the one who makes me whole again. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, I won't embarrass you. I won't single you out. But what I would love for you to do is just put a hand up, put it right back down. Put a hand up, put it right back on, because I want to know who I'm praying for. Yes, yes, yes. Just up, right back down. Anyone else? Yes, 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 yes. Anyone else? Just up and right back down. Yes, yes. More hands. Come on. Can we give a clap for that? Because every hand is a name. Every name is a powerful story. And so let's all pray this prayer together out loud with their eyes closed. With your head bowed, say, Jesus, say, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. Come on, everyone get loud. Say, I receive your forgiveness. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, be number one. 
Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know who I am. Come on, church. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody give God a shout of praise today. Come on, make some noise. Now, what are we going to do? We're going to celebrate. It is our third birthday. And so check out this video. Get your confetti ready. Y'all ready for this? So get your, watch this video real quick. Just three years ago, in a handful of people, Avenue began in Las Vegas. And in three years, we have seen generations impacted by stepping into their God-given purpose. In just three years, we're seeing people ignited and spreading the love, the hope, and the grace of Jesus like never before. I believe that this year is our year, the year of overflow. We're equipping people of all ages to know God, to find freedom, to discover their purpose, then go make an eternal difference. We created an overflow culture of Christ-centered worship at Avenue. It always has, it always will be about Jesus. He fills us, He restores us, He heals us and propels us into a God-given destiny to reach the world, change the world, and we are ready. We are prepared. We are just getting started. This city is ready to see an overflow of God's love like never before. We're not finished. We're not done. We're not backing down. This is just the beginning. God has just begun because this is the year of overflow. I got my overflow confetti blaster here. Come on, somebody. Now I want you guys to welcome our friends, uh, pastors Joe, Danielle, Pena, Hillsong. They're going to help us out. All right? So don't go like this. All right? We got to go up high. And so here's what we want to do. We all have our confetti, but we want to celebrate the number that matters the most, and that's how many salvations. That's how many people have known God during this journey since we started Avenue Church. So what we're going to do is I need you guys to help me celebrate because that's why we do what we do. That every number you can see on the screen behind us is a name, but every name is a powerful, powerful story. And so get your confettis ready. I want you to shout when you see that number. I'm going to count down. Three, two, one. Then we're going to go crazy. We're going to go nuts. Our band's ready. Daniel, you ready? Daniel's ready. All right. And we're going to celebrate what God has done and what he's just going to do in Las Vegas. You guys ready? Are you ready? Got your confetti? Got your confetti ready? All right, ready? One, two, three. Hey! Come on. Look oh, yeah, at you picked the room here, huh? Yo, 336 people have given their lives to Jesus in just three years. And that is why we do what we do. And we are so blessed, y'all, to be able to walk out this journey with you. Thank you for watching the Avenue Church YouTube channel. But don't stop here. We would love for you to join our online extended family and subscribe so you don't miss a single video. And don't forget to share this with a friend. You can find out more information about us at avenuechurch.cc and you can watch us live online on our Facebook page every Sunday. You can also support the ministry by visiting avenuechurch.cc give. 
to help us continue to reach people around the world for Jesus Christ. Thank you again for watching and God bless you.